Welcome everybody, Good Life Housing Partners, episode 65, Monday, December 13, 2021. We are at the GLHP headquarters here in downtown Los Angeles, and we are getting ready for a week filled with rain. I don't know how that affects you, but for a lot of people in this, kind of, this city, it tends to slow things down and mug things up, but we keep marching forward as we complete some deals here, as we get ready for the close of a, of a pretty good year here in 2021. And David, I know you were uh, you were traveling quite a bit the last few weeks. Where does this find you on this uh, cold Monday? Yeah, it is a very cold Monday. I didn't I didn't realize there was rain coming. So yeah, heavy rain it, tomorrow. Just, heavy interesting, rain. right on the uh, tail end of a whole bunch of uh, crazy tornadoes yes. this this weekend in uh, other parts of the country. So uh, definitely winter is here. It definitely feels yes. chillier. I see you've got your little down Patagonia yes. jacket on. Yes. So, so it's definitely, I was, I was regretting not having another, uh, another, layer. Ja- yeah, another layer of clothing. Uh, but it finds me well. Um, you know, we were busy last week. We said we were at our first conference. Uh, I did um, get some takeaways or notes from, from the conference that I thought I'd, I'd share. It, so it really was the ICSC like the, the real deal the real deal so yeah. i don't know if they're but gonna does that mean it, they're not gonna do anything in in may or not but it had a very catchy name too i found it mm. was called icsc here comma we period go 2021 yeah. okay. <laughs> so i guess okay. it's here we go they're they're finally back in person <laughs> so right. here All we right. go so there's a lot of charged up energy there is a lot of charged up <laughs> energy out there and so uh a couple of uh there was this uh, apparently Jones Lang LaSalle, a big brokerage firm, put, out a, put out a big, big folks. retail recovery report 2021 uh, that they gave away. It was uh, had a lot of facts and data. I did get um, a couple of um, the top five takeaways, um, hmm. which takeaways and lessons share, from the, share, please, from the pandemic in retail, according to Jones Lang. So the first one, number one, um, and a lot of actually it was surprising. A lot of this is some things we've touched on in our podcast. Number one is in retail. There's Definitely a mi- migration to less crowded markets with lower costs of living, shift from the urban metros to the suburban uh, neighborhoods. The, those, those have been the uh, retail uh, areas, uh, retail shopping centers have done the best there. Uh, again, no surprise following the uh, movement in, in apartments. Sunbelt and Southwest were the top spots. Uh, takeaway number two. Open air centers, open air shopping yes, centers. Yes, very popular. Especially with essential life life uh, services type uh, tenants like groceries and drugstores perform the best, consistently the best in uh, since 2020. Yeah. Um, all the retail centers, which is interesting now, are starting to see higher rents than at the beginning of the pandemic when everything dropped dramatically. Um, strip center rent has, has grown the highest, uh, 3.1% uh, versus uh, neighborhood centers. Takeaway number three, good malls are here to stay. Good so malls the, are here to stay. Yes. The Class A malls in the best locations, most of them also have the most attractive tenant mixes because they're well capitalized with a lot of institutional money. And they've been mixing it up with all sorts of um, neat little food retailers and other uh, tenants. And uh, they're performing much better than the B and C you malls. You know what? I, I, this actually is a, like a little segue here. But I've now, I, I told you I wanted to go to a mall last week, and I ended up going to Americano the yeah, week before. But that's you, right. you know, one of the big draws there that I didn't like, and I, I, that really makes me remember it, it's like there was the normal retail, which is like the, the Bloomingdale's, and then the like Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's. But then there was like a mini, a mini Dean and DeLuca. Oh, okay. You know, the one from yeah, New York. yeah, from but New York. Small, wasn't as big. I remember Soho. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a 2,000, 3,000 square foot space, a so much smaller, but it had all the Soho kind of you know fancy Italian stuff. 
And then they had like a pretty big pop-up for the Stranger Things, the movie on, I mean, the series on Netflix. Okay. But it was like a pretty big, re- I mean, it was a pretty big deal and you had to like get, you had to use a QR code and get like a reservation. And it was like a, actually a lot of people in line that were doing that. Yeah. So like, I, I think what it tells you is like, and I've, I've heard of this now too, is like what a lot of smart retailers are doing is they're like, let me create this thing and maybe it's a, maybe I, I'm testing it or maybe I'm just doing it for a short term to generate traffic. traffic. And it goes, it's like a pretty symbiotic thing because like, I'm, I was watching like perfect that that the uh, Stranger Things. They're like people that get the QR code, people that had the time. But in both cases, people would just like get their thing, and then they would go and go to other retailers or go buy like ice cream or coffee or whatever, and then they would come back. So it, like created this like, and it was limited time. So like people actually were like, oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna try and get in there, or I'm already in there. I'm not gonna wait for my. Wait for my time. I've checked in. Now I'm waiting yeah. to get my space. I don't even know yeah, what's in there. I actually don't even know what's in there. Do other stuff. Like, I'm not even sure what it was because I was like, I'm not. I can't wait. No, that, that I think that's consistent with the whole retail is, or shopping mall being like an experience. Of yeah, some sort. It's experiential. The yeah. the other guy I heard, uh, uh, there was uh, I heard some quote from the the current head of Westfield, which has a lot of these really nice uh, a malls too, and and they've been doing. You look at the one at Arcadia, or. Um, Century City has really yeah. kind of become a destination in itself too to see different oh, yeah. things and, and do different things, and 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 he uh, said that their 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 sales at all their at their malls are generally above pre pandemic right I now. Bet. So so that's so I, I definitely see for the A malls. So, so I think Plus those you, guys are smart. They're well capitalized, it, like, and they're mixing it up really, and they got the relationships to going to the mall has like actually in a lot of ways has become. I don't know who's really doing it, but. It's just like, it's the easiest thing to do, especially the open air malls. Yeah. You're outside, you're amongst people, you're open air, so people feel safe. You're not in a theater. Even like if you look at some of these sporting events, man, if you look at some of the, it is like, if it's not a major sporting event, it's just like another baseball game or basketball game or just like a, okay, it's like pretty empty. Yeah. Whereas like the mall is like, okay, I can spend a hundred dollars or I can spend five hundred dollars or I can spend a thousand. Yeah. It puts like, you more in a, in a, and you're in control. Mood. You're in control. And then like you said, it's the football game is a thousand bucks, especially California open air. Um, the data su- suggested this is true too, about these a malls that historically the, the, the spread between vacancy rates and uh, a class a versus class C was 490 basis points or 4.9% basically. And now it's uh, 790 basis points. <laughs> So it's a, a good 300 basis points difference in, in, in uh, vacancy rates. Wow, that's uh, a huge uh, Big difference. Wow. So, and, and, and it's true. You know, like if, if I was to go to a mall, I don't, I don't think I want to go to like a C mall. Or yeah, just what's the, the point? Older it's going to be enclosed. empty. It's going to be empty. I see it, as, especially parts of Texas. I see a lot of some of these older malls. Yeah, I don't know what right for re- redevelopment. I see, and you see some of those, you could tell they were Xboxes of like, Kmart used to be there or something. It's yeah. no longer there. It's just still empty. And so those I worry about. Um, number four takeaway, e- e-commerce is at a new sort of uh, evolution. It's I think there's more integration between, e- as, as we know, because of the pandemic, all the online shopping. People just has made it much more normalized. Online grocery in particular, people are now have gotten used to yes. doing it. And uh, one of the other big takeaways is now, I guess, sort of this uh, curbside pickup. Hmm. At grocery stores is a really hot thing now. There's, it's, uh, more, uh, more than half of the online sales is now pickup, hmm. and so now I, you know, I, you know, I go grocery shopping. Um, I don't do it online, 
but uh, I do notice that that little designated parking spot, which I used to kind of legally park there for uh, to, to, to go oh, in and, and you can't park there. And I can't park there anymore. <laughs> I do notice it's constantly being being filled. Wow. And, so, and I don't think it's everyone who's just being a scofflaw like me and parking there. So I think they actually Actually, I see that too, that. where it's pretty filled, those so little filled. takeaway lines. And then the last takeaway, urban retail will return when the office workers and tourists return eventually <laughs> is, the, yeah. is the caveat and so still still urban shopping centers like in you know shopping yeah, centers in new york city and all that that's still pretty pretty, pretty dead and pretty yeah. challenging um but it you know it, it's some but they do believe there is a future there at some point when office comes back um the other interesting sign too they said the number of retailers filing bankruptcy now this year is a lot lower uh, than the prior prior years yeah and so they, they think there's yeah. some sort of balancing happening um, to, you know, to but the retail. urban stuff, like, because I was so urban for so long, like, it's really, the reality of it is, is it's much more convenience-focused. Like, the times I would go to the store, is like, I needed a gift for somebody, or I needed something for some trip, or I needed something specifically. Otherwise, I wasn't going, like, otherwise. Whereas, like, the Americana, or the Grove, these yeah. big outdoor experiences. You go there to go there. You go there, and you can take your kids, and they can do whatever, and it becomes, like, a, you know, two-hour, three-hour deal. Whereas, yeah. like... You're not gonna really have that much at the block. As yeah, it's just smaller, like if you go to tighter. the malls, it's intentional, as opposed to like your. I guess what you're describing is more convenience. It's all convenience. It's I'm serious. like, I need to pick up something for a gift, yeah. or I need to get something for something. It's usually like a gift. Well, related. Speaking of office, so it goes. You know, where everyone thought it was back to the office in January, and it doesn't look like that's happening again. And so, it's it's interesting that you know the future of office. There's a group of like hedge funds. Uh, a couple of guys uh, hmm. from New York, uh, Dan McNamara and this other guy Jonathan Litt, they're they're taking big bets oh. and they're shorting like these real estate companies that own all this office because they believe oh, I office see. That's a good idea. Is, is is actually gonna you know gonna go away. Um, I wonder you know, who's some of them think some shorts. of them think they think it's gonna bottom down forty percent from their pre-pandemic pricing level because they think that no matter what the footprint is, is shrinking. So the old days office in commercial business district was considered the classic definition of core real right. estate investing super core, super yeah. safe you yeah. know it's what institutions do who right. don't want to risk money insurance companies pensions all that and now they're rethinking you know it and these you know guys like these who are really challenging it because they're betting the opposite way um and so uh but on the other hand you know you look at you know is that really reality there is one building they used in Manhattan as an example. I guess one Vanderbilt, which is right by mm -hmm. Grand Central Station. Yeah, where you I was actually there. It's like a huge. I guess it's tall in Empire State Building yeah. too, and all this. It's really nice. And it's uh, it's filled up pretty well, actually. And a lot of uh, tenants have been have been uh, you know charging premium rents. And uh, some some of the attractions some of the tenants say is because the you know, the landlord has spent all this money creating these. Areas. Open air spaces yeah. and community areas for the tenants. It's almost like student housing. Right? So yeah, they're creating like like community spaces for for, for the tenants because that's what you got to do to attract them to these you know fancy places that are charging yeah. a lot of rent. And so it 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 makes you think about the B and C office buildings. Then yeah. like what's going to happen, you especially in a city, city. Yeah, especially in a city like uh, well, in a city like Manhattan. And uh, the other building that. One of the other stocks, the REIT stocks, that's been shorted by these hedge funds is the Empire State Building, yeah, because it's all owned by this Empire State REIT, and so that's the big question: is yeah, is, is it over for the big? It doesn't Empire have State that. Building? It, it used to have a real like uh, there was some some level of cachet to that address, but I think it's over a little bit. Yeah, like, no, it, it, it's over. You know, they made movies with King Kong. Yeah, but I'll tell you, so. I went to so one Vanderbilt, 
Yeah. Which I which did I, you see? I saw that and walked by, and it's nice. They've got all this like street, like a like converted alley into like a little green space, and it's nice. I mean, they've spent a lot of money, but then what's happened is the buildings around there have also started doing their own level of, of renovation, and like it's pretty high end. In fact, so I was meeting some guys there to talk about one of our projects on the equity side. And he's like, let's meet here. And I'm like, why are we meeting here? I don't get like, this isn't your office. He's like, oh, but they have a fantastic coffee shop. Oh. So then he's like, I was like, really? So I went and looked. And I was like, dude, they're selling coffee here for like seven, eight bucks. It's oh, like not cheap. Good, yeah. But, but then what's happening is it's not. He's like, I was like, you don't office here, right? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I will office over there. I can't afford this rent here. <laughs> but I meet people well. here. I was like, you don't, you don't meet them over there? He's like, no, it's trash over there. I meet them right here. And I was like, oh, I, yeah, I guess it is pretty nice. But it's like, you know, it's like $8 coffee. Yeah. And I was like, wow. But, but, but there's still so many. Not every building's going to be able to do that. So, so Yeah. I mean, it, and they, what happens to those other buildings? And I, I mean, I, I can, they spent a lot of money. I mean, the finish out was really expensive on the, on the exterior. Yeah. And just like the, the, the common areas. I don't even know what the offices look like. But the commons were expensive. The furniture was expensive. The coffee shop was expensive. I mean, it was a lot of money these guys put. And there was... A decent amount of traffic flow, but I, I don't really know who is yeah. actually. I mean, upstairs. maybe it, it becomes like a war of, you know, like who amenities, of its amenities, and, yeah. and who finishes nicest. So, like on the other side of these guys who are who are shorting it are the guys who like no, who are buying office, down. Yeah. Office gonna come out like yeah. now is time to get cheap prices. Let's let's go in. And well, get like it. Google bought an office yeah. building for like a billion or whatever. I mean, there's there's some of that going some on. Some of that, but although Google's not an investor, they're really user <laughs> investor. But but then you have groups like one one group they talked about was Heinz. Yeah, you know, Francisco, yeah, yeah. Down in San Francisco, he's got some major project. Yeah, huge project. Huge project renovating San Francisco. And he's, you know, been big, you know, San Francisco office will be back. And so, you know, we don't really do a ton of office other than the sort of flex industrial. Yeah. But it made me think like, oh, huh, yeah, the big, you know, old definition of core office. And it's yeah, definitely the historical been, that, idea. That, that, that's definitely been shaken by all this. You know, hybrid working and pandemic, it's, and so it's make, it does make me wonder, huh? I wonder what will happen to that market. It's, yeah, uh, you know, it makes me wonder who's right—the shorters or the other guys. <laughs> so, I don't know. You really need productivity to go down, or you need something to to really fundamentally change again back. Back. Right. You need like there was this catalytic moment where you couldn't go to the office, yeah. and then people were like, "Okay, it's not. It's you can like we're fine if you don't come in every day, or your function is like." you're doing this one function, you don't need to be here to do that function. Yeah. Or every day you don't need to be here to do that function. But like, I don't know what the, you, you almost need like revenues to get lowered or pro productivity to go down and be like, we all need to be here. Something needs to happen. Yeah. Well, the institutional, so the other interesting phenomenon, so the institutional investors who, who used to invest in that, and that's considered the, you know, the fundamental yeah. you know, bread and butter investment for core investors. A lot of that, if you look at the activity last year, has all drifted now to institutional investors are targeting single tenant office buildings, but right. with super credit tenants. Yeah, you, you know, like like, like okay, so instead of like having Google. this Empire State Building, which right. had a million little mini medium sized tenants, which are all kind yeah. of shaky now, the institutional money, the, the 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 safe money, I guess, is going into these fancy, you know, Silicon Valley buildings with with you know some yeah. Micron or some right. some company, some some chip maker yeah, yeah. or somebody that has a you yeah. know. Or, or, or they're looking at similar similar type building and, and, and interesting enough, so it's drifted away from used to be top office investment office market was Manhattan, yeah. and it's now shifted to like Atlanta, Phoenix, Raleigh, and some other cities where you where you if you where, you know or San Jose where you can find some of these uh, credit tenants. Uh, one good example was in the San Jose. There was a building that sold uh, KKR recently bought it for five hundred thirty five million, and it was sold by an owner who bought it in twenty nineteen right before the pandemic for four hundred twenty nine million. So it appreciated, interesting enough. Um, you know, what is that? Uh, Thirty-five and 
and sent me like a hundred million dollars wow. <laughs> just over two years. And part of it was, you know, because now they've got this uh, credit tenant in the bu- in the building, and that's you know it's worth it to KKR to to in their to office. dive in, yeah. say fun to dive in and feel comfortable with that. I don't. So that's I don't, where institutional office money. I kind of really. get it, but like that's I don't know. So yeah. I think it's a tough game. Like it's it's you have to really just like you really I, have to crystal ball where yeah. this office world is going, and where the and then yeah, on the one hand it's tough. it's good to have tenants like that, but I mean but on the other hand sometimes those tenants do break leases. Yeah, they'll break leases. Look, look at Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pinterest a year ago. Yeah, Pinterest is gonna move in that building. They're on a ten-year deal, two billion dollar deal, and said yeah, I'm gonna cut your check right now. Let's just be done with yeah. each other. I mean, and then in the old days, it used to be the government. You know, when GSA signed the lease, you thought, ah, oh, they'll never leave. And you know, so, you know, the building we saw, I saw a building a few weeks ago in Texas where, you know, census comes in and just is out because <laughs> the census is over. Yeah. And so that security of, of government tenants isn't that secure sometimes. Um. So re- anyway, speaking of one last thing on office, the other thing we talk about office lifestyle. A uh, new concept I heard. We all know staycations. Yes. And so there's something now called workations. <laughs> Not just suggesting it for here, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> for our staff. But it's uh, it's not a business trip, nor is it a full vacation. <laughs> so it's basically, it was it kind of developed now, and, there, and there's certain like hotels that are kind of catering to this, where you're basically combining, in some ways, paid time off and paid time on <laughs> into, into one. This is, we've been blending this hybrid work. Um, life of ours because of the pandemic, and so basically you you basically go on vacation to a resort uh, but it's also a resort that allows you to do a lot of work where there may be special cabins or areas for concentrating or doing collaboration rooms and team building obviously super wi-fi and, and computer docking stations mm. and special speakers and webcams and things like that just you know outfitted out for more you know, conducting a business in a resort setting. So you can, you know, it's, in some ways it's it's sort of, you know, they were saying there was, what is it, Zoom um, Zoom exhaustion people were having. Yes. I think <laughs> you know, so, so instead of doing the Zoom exhaustion, now you can, uh, you know, the, so they, they the, one company, you know, sent a couple employees on this. So they sent them to the resort so they can kind of have a real vacation and do their yoga and whatever they want to do, massages and all this stuff. But then, you know, they still go to a few productive work meetings during the afternoon. Yeah, but no so, offices. No offices, though. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a workation. So once again, another uh, little twist in, in the uh, office model. I, I think if we look back now, like we're almost getting to the two-year mark of the pandemic. Like, I don't think anybody worried about apartments like there was worried about will people pay rent and yeah. for the most part they have and then i think people worried a little bit about like like nobody could tell how good industrial would have been and i think people sort of thought that like retail would have gotten beaten up more but it's like to your to our little retail segment that we had here it's actually not done that bad especially better like overall real yeah. estate it's just been better so it goes back to the location yeah, right? yeah. yeah especially suburban locations with more open air type stuff. Um, but even now, like urban apartments are starting to come back. But the one that's like really hard to, well, I think I think travel initially did poorly, and now it's sort of started to rebound because people just want to go to workations or whatever they want to do. The hard one is still office. It's like really hard to figure that one out. Yeah, no, that's that's why all these articles may really think, wow, I don't, you know, because I started yeah. thinking about it, said I don't know the answer actually. Yeah, like I start because I started imagining, okay, if I had this fund and I was going to do office, where yeah. would I bet? As you know, because when you read the articles, you know, the, the the hedge fund guys were like pretty adamant about about the values going down, 
And then I was like, but I don't know. Do I would I feel that confident about it? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 tough because I'm I'm used to. Yeah, I haven't grown up, especially from New York City. Yeah. I'm used to that Manhattan market. And so, but but maybe it's a you know it's a, it's a I, I can see it's a like scenario. Tech. I mean, just kind of like thinking out out you know out of the box more. It's like if you get like a real dip. Because one of the things I noticed, I was on a trip this weekend. Like everybody on that trip is, except for me, actually, is pretty like somebody in some sort of world of finance. And if the if the markets were to dip, and people had like whatever cash crunch or productivity crunch, whatever it was. I could see them all, they're all going back into the office now, but I could see that intensifying because you need to get, we need, we need to solve this. We need people to be here. We need to solve it. We're in a problem. Yeah. And that's in finance, which is like, you know, as much as tech and all the, you know, and Bitcoin, all these things have really like done well, really finance has carried a lot of like the, you know, they've got a lot of the push of the economic growth. They've created it and they've actually absorbed a lot of it. And like I could see a world where those guys, where things went like if they dipped a little like people are saying or go more into a drop where you have some significant correction in the market, those folks could get summoned in a little bit more. Yeah. If there's enough little, if there's enough crisis, there that could happen. At which point you could see some something shift. Yeah, yeah. But but I guess it's in, but it's it's sort of like this whole two steps forward, two steps back kind of thing with, with COVID, like. You know, you thought all the office is going back, all the travel is going to come back. Yeah. And now you got Omicron, and now we're starting to get, you know, we have these international traveler restrictions now and other things happening. It's so it's it's hard to see. It's hard to tell. Because it's not a predict, it's not just back to normal instantly. Well, <laughs> well it would be, it'd be super, like, it'd be much easier to tell, like, if you could say, listen, this is my office when everyone's there, yeah. we do X. And when everyone's like working remotely or it's a looser quality, we actually, we don't do X anymore, we're doing like Y. Yeah. And then the Y is substantially lower than X. And then you're just like, well, what's the point of this? Um, what, one other last thing I'm gonna say about retail. Uh, the, do you know what a dark store is? Yeah, those <laughs> are like those. The dark stores. Yeah, those <laughs> stores are like, they're like, uh, they're like you, they have these in um, like, this is the new concept where they like, uh, they have a location, but you can't actually go in there. You can only order online or order through like DoorDash or something Correct. like that. It's, 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 uh, well, they're popping up. They're, they're popping up. They're, they're fulfillment centers, basically. Yeah. Urban centers where. But they, you don't think you go in the store or something like that, right? Huh? No, you don't go in stores. Yeah. These, these are but just. You do it all in the app. These are almost stuff. like micro warehouses. Yeah. So basically a lot of, you know, one of the things with the pandemic, as I mentioned, except for me, <laughs> most people, a lot of people now are ordering groceries online. And so it's starting to become almost like a commodity. And so the the traditional convenience store model is changing. And so what you see, I guess, in Manhattan, and a lot of money, actually, I didn't realize this, um, there's been $8 billion raised on this concept of these dock stores. And and basically the goal is to be able to get you whatever groceries you want um, within 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and And to do that, you have to have a lot of, you have to have actually real estate footprint of anywhere from 250 square feet to 5,000 square feet, yeah. but spread out all over an urban area. Yeah, you do the 15 minutes, so, so you, you can do super it. close. And it's all super techized in terms of like matching zip codes and what the products in demand in particular zip codes want so that you stock it appropriately so it's closer to them. So right. when the people order whatever special water or the things they want um, from, from retail, then they'll get it. And this is sort of part of the you know this demand, I guess, that, that people want. Um, I, th- I think it's partly demand, but there's also like, this this 
See, what's happened, I think, to a lot of those guys, they're either trying to get started or they're like a DoorDash or Grubhub or something, and they're trying to get new business lines. They're trying to create new revenue streams. And I think somehow people have figured out that like, if it's like 20, 30, 40 minutes, that's like, if you, you know, that's like a free Freedom, delivery. Yeah. But if you get it to 15 or less, I think that's like so instantaneous, people are like, they will pay the premium for that. Something yeah. like somebody has figured this out. They're like, yeah, no, the, you got to get the, them to like value. If some you, ten minutes. You have to, you have to get it there fast. But then the other thing that they said is is interesting in this kind of business. So they've raised all this VC money, and there's all this technology mm-hmm. behind it for, for inventorying and algorithms and figuring out what people want and what products to sell them. But the other interesting thing is is you know. Yeah, part of it is, you know, there's still a lot of real estate costs. And, and real estate costs in the old days, yeah. you know, it's hard to get these leases too. But now, obviously, because of the pandemic, they're able to get these leases. But one thing they analogized it to is look at what happened with co-working, you know, the short-term rentals. Yeah. And so where they where you had to keep up, they had to keep those little rental WeWork places filled up with people <laughs> in order to keep it going. And then when the pandemic hit, people no one went to work, then, you know, those people still had rent obligations to their landlords. And so they're, they're worried about, okay, well, will, will these dark stores do it? Just will have a it's smarter a way to do it short term. Yeah. Can they do it in a way that the real estate doesn't, yeah, it's sustainable. Cause you'd have to, you still have to have a certain amount of sales in order to cover your rent. Yeah. And, and so they're figuring out where, where this will go. And so, well, I, think, I mean, it, it's what's, what will happen for most of them is they'll, they'll get like, venture money they'll get the locations they'll start the business and they'll be able to like get some level of of customer acquisition and people into it but then either either they won't be able to figure out like real product fit like they like they won't be able to deliver in 15 minutes or they won't have the right products or they just won't get enough revenue and then the venture money might run out or they'll actually figure it out and they'll do like okay and then they'll a DoorDash or something else will take, you know, take, buy them, and take buy them, them yeah. consolidate them all. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a, it's a, it's a very like the unfortunate thing about business like that is they're so binary. You're either like yeah. totally you're going to win or you're going to like totally <laughs> like just spend a bunch of money and like it's going to suck. Yeah. Um, the other news for this week, uh, big news, I guess, is uh, CPI index report came out. Yes. Last weekend. Big number for CPI some CPI index, yeah, rose 6.8% in November. Yep, uh, so just rising it's away. Fastest pace since 1982. So it's fastest That's pace since 39 years. I know. It, it, you know, I don't think most people realize like how much. And I don't think I, I sometimes wonder like how they're calculating all this, but like it's definitely increased. And I don't know that like sometimes they're always calculating it the correct way. Like I think like there's definitely we can all say without any hesitations. There's definitely things I'm buying today that are well, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent higher than what I was paying. So four months ago, yeah, yeah, right. And so, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, no, it's 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 it, it's six point eight percent or whatever. It's maybe well, it's tracking. Either either way, seven. it's being tracked. If you look at the same in this, it's being tracked. It's definitely gone up and it's high. And yeah, it made me think about it, like, well, wow, fastest growth since eighty two. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I was trying to remember what was happening in nineteen eighty two. Oil bust. <laughs> huh? Oil, oil bust. bust and, and OPEC. Oil bust. So I was thinking like, Jim oh, Carter. World was a you know, regular no, coming in. There was, there was, there was, there was no internet. I was thinking it was a whole new world back wow, in eighty two. Yeah, there was records, dude. There were players yeah there's a launch of blockbuster and somewhere around there we, we still had the uh, you know phones with lines yeah <laughs> pay phones yeah so so that's the, obviously and you know fed is uh, supposed to i think they already gave us warning signs of this and we talked about this in prior podcast they're they're going to accelerate their tapering of the bond purchases 
and so I think definitely in in uh, two days from now they'll definitely announce that, and so and also I guess you know will lead to at some point you know uh, interest rate rising. I think so. I think it's a matter of time now. Um, so speaking of so let's what a news item. Uh, I, we talked a little bit about rent relief yes. and how we had all this rent, rental assistance money. So Treasury also just published a report on basically how they're doing, getting out this rent relief money. And so better, but not so good still. still rent which, relief. Yeah, yeah which st- it still always boggles me. I don't know why you can't get money out because yeah, you're giving out money. But So uh, just to go over some data, so as of the end of October 2021, so there were two tranches of rental assistance. Uh, the first tranche was uh, $25 billion. In December, uh, that was released a year ago in December 2020, and then out of that $25 billion, $12.1 billion has been dispersed or earmarked. Hmm. So half, which to me doesn't sound like a lot of progress, so the <laughs> Treasury seemed to think it was very progress, a lot of progress. And then there was an additional earlier this year, American Rescue Plan Part 2, where there was another $21 billion. So it's about, you know, $46 billion, $46, $47 billion total. So out of that $21 billion in Phase 2, only $1 billion has been dispersed, which is pretty sad to me that yeah. so much money has not been dispersed. It's just been sitting there. Yeah. What's, what's interesting, when you dig a little deeper into it, um, there's a mix of states, Texas being one, has already exceeded the amount that's been allocated to them. And uh, New York also is on track to exceed it, too. But then there's um, 41 states have still spent less than 65% of the funds that they've been allocated. And I just don't get what's going on with that wow. yeah and 25 25 states have spent less than 30 percent of the money they've been allocated to now treasury recently just enacted some new rules that said if you don't uh hit by november 15th um at least 65 percent or committed it um of the money you're allocated they're going to start redistributing it so hopefully Fe- february 16th uh november 15th you had to come up with a plan oh so to th- give like to the federal government ago. yeah and so if you don't come up oh, with a plan. That was such a, mi- that was like a non-news item. Yeah. So if you don't do it, um, you know, they could do two things. They could either give it to other states who have exceeded the 65, you know, because it seems like they're distributing it. Or they could technically, although hopefully I hope they don't do this, they could actually take it back. Yeah. <laughs> and not have this rental assistance, which, you know, we've, we've, we've had, that's helped with some of the, you know, bad tenants that we've seen and other people we've seen in the apartment industry. You know, the rental assistance has helped. Um, you know, helped a lot of landlords, and so be shame, at least from the landlord side, to have all this money go back to the federal government. So, but you know, is it like one thing that that I don't think gets spoken up about enough is like just in general, if you look at like Texas, probably took the approach of, and I've seen this also just in general, they're just so much more efficient at the government level that they just get you out stuff so quickly. I mean, they're probably they're almost like too efficient. Like one time, I mistakenly emailed somebody an email about apartments here in Los Angeles and I put on somebody from Fort Worth and like within minutes they were like oh wh- where is this address we need to get an inspection done and I was like oh no this is in Los Angeles this is important <laughs> and she was so quick to respond but I think what they realized was like we're better off just let's spend all the money out put all of it out we'll figure out if there's fraud or whatever later because it's all management companies mostly yeah, anyways yeah, they're yeah. actually able to put all this stuff together and then we'll go ask for more like, like, so what's the point of like somebody like California or wherever, like there's real, like stop, the system yeah. stopped? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? Like, 
Yeah, well, California, I, I didn't get their specific numbers, but I remember early on this year that California oh, was, was, super low. was super low. But, like, and what are they trying to get They, they, they were supposedly getting, getting better, but then there was also this all this, uh, I remember this media storm over in California. There was all this sorts of fraud that California had paid to some of the other so. federal programs. No, from that. Um, no, from the, from, yeah, from the other programs. programs. Yeah. From what's that, that uh, <coughs> payroll? Payroll protection, yeah. Yeah, and, that's and, fun, and, but that's so, so different. It's, right? And so I think that might have paralyzed that because it's, it's, this is, you know, like, like I said, being in the in the in the apartment business, you know, it's, it's a shame. There's 50 billion of, sitting, of, of there, sitting there. That's that's only a fraction of it is still still dispersed, which is crazy. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, so what? Uh, you want to go over your number? Yes. This week, I don't. Yeah, I think we're going to skip the questions this week, and we'll just jump into numbers. Um, I I, had a, I didn't have a great number this week, but I thought something was really interesting. I saw it in a. In an email, and it was basically that that forty two percent of wine drinkers today say they would buy consider buying canned wine in twenty twenty compared to thirty three percent in two thousand seventeen, which is like you know a good fifty percent increase. And so, you know, if you if you look at canned wine or boxed wine or whatever these like these types of wines, like not being in the bottle, well, they have little this ready beverage thing has like become a big thing okay. and and it's it's floated into like things like boxed wine or canned wine or things like that using something other than a bottle okay but for most for like most people that that you know see wine or think of wine when you think of value you don't think of it in anything but bottle mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like used to be like this thing with the screw top was like a big issue for for wines but that's like sort of gone away for most you know unless it's a very expensive bottle you still need the cork but for a lot of good moderately priced you know 20 to 70 dollar bottles of wine it's still you can now put the screw top without much issue and people actually sometimes prefer it um and so now the same shift is starting to happen with box wine and it's like it shows you that like and i don't know where exactly it's coming from i think it's just that maybe people are a little bit more comfortable taking it that way supposedly it lasts a lot longer which i don't get how that works but have you ever tried it I've tried it like in college, like you know, like you know, okay. No, I've, I've never, I've never seen that kind of wine. Yeah, That's we'll, why I like, oh, we'll bring it to our now, holiday now party. Now I want to try it. I, I know just the person because I like the concept that. of like. So it's like <laughs> buy, buying a glass of wine, but it's in a glass. No, it's in like a box. It's like a box like you like like yeah, box coffee or box juice or whatever. But it's like you know a box that you can share amongst your friends, and it's like you know you can there's but it used to have this really like cheap connotation. It wasn't negative. It was just considered to be cheap. And now it's just, supposedly there's a rise. So good, good for the box wine. Okay, good number. Um, you, you, you share. Uh, my number's a little just. I shared a lot of it, but there was another number I was going to share, uh, which again real estate related. Um, industrial rents, as we know, were yeah, uh, surging. Industrial rents surging, and so there's a new CBR re report talks about the uh, the difference between the, the national average for triple net asking rent is about eight dollars and ninety two cents per square foot. If you compare it to, say, you had a lease, a five-year lease, mm -hmm. and now your your lease is ending, and now you got to look at the current asking rents. If you had signed that lease five years ago, national average, the, your rent has gone up twenty-five percent. Oh yeah, so, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a huge uh, We've seen rent that in increase our for, for so so guys like, who are who are coming off you know five-year leases should have signed ten-year leases because now they're really getting hit hard and well now it's the flip too a lot, a lot of, of markets a lot of guys won't even sign a 10-year deal unless you're like a super credit tenant yeah 
because they're like they're just like why should I mean basically rents are moving yeah why lose at out like <laughs> two percent like one to two percent a month in some markets yeah so why am I gonna like pedal as myself in year twenty five when I should be up twenty five percent and I'll just lock you in what yeah. was the point of that well and just in contrast I, I wrote down the ten markets we don't go through all ten but that's the national average was twenty five percent differential yeah but the differential in some other the hot markets like give you example Inland Empire. That five-year lease expiration differential, sixty-one percent. Yeah. So uh, Orange County, forty-six percent. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's pretty high it's in in some industrial markets in this country. Yeah. So that was. So some of the cities are just, and you can't even build more. Like yeah. we we've talked to some guys where like they're doing industrial rents, where I would think would be like retail rents, but like they're in a location that's so critical to be in, and you can't find a new asset, and you're just like, the whatever this retailer or whatever they're doing has to be there. Yeah. So and it's. A, that used to be like a retail problem. Yeah. Like I need my Gucci store to be on Rodeo Drive. I don't care what it costs. Yeah. And now it's like completely shifted. Yeah, to I, need industry. Industry. yeah I need my industrial. Yeah, I need my industrial here so I can deliver facility. like, you know, <laughs> Cheetos in yeah. 14 minutes. I mean, now that's become the thing. Yeah. Um, that's a good number though. That's a really interesting number. So yeah, number. so it's interesting about industrial. Any content for you this week? Any, any new uh, shows? So, so, okay, so content on the show. Uh, I did watch along my Korean soap operas I've been watching. I, I saw this movie that was interesting, kind of a Ocean's Eleven type movie called yeah. Swindlers. Oh. So is that it was Korean? It's Korean, South okay. Korean. It's about the... Well, Korea's really putting out the heat on this about movie a, stuff, you know, huh? a, a con man working with some corrupt political officials trying to pull a con to catch uh, another famous con man. <laughs> so apparently there was a famous con man who did like the biggest swindle in, in Korea history. I don't know if it's a true story or not. And so a lot of people commit suicide and all this stuff because of all the money he stole. I think he stole like a couple hundred million dollars, U.S. dollars. And he fled the country. But he was also, um, yeah, he also paid all these corrupt politicians. <laughs> so one of the sons of, of someone who, who was killed during that era wanted to catch this guy. And so he's also a petty con man, too. <laughs> so he is this elaborate ruse on how they get him back into Korea to try to catch him. <laughs> and so a lot, a lot of double crosses. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I, I uh, finished Succession, so oh, the, uh, the, thir- the third, third season. season is over, and uh, it's a it's it good. A, it's, a, it's just a really good show, man. Like those people are just doing some incredible writing over there. It's oh. just really well written. It's clever. Um, the children are all somehow hateable. The most hateable one is somehow funny. It's it's done really well. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've got to I got to watch more of that. Only yeah, it's episodes. just really. I mean, it's almost <laughs> the type of show where like I. I I rarely do this with almost anything in life, but I actually go back and I'll like watch. Oh, you rewatch it? Yeah, scenes. rewatch it because cool I'm like, scenes. God, I totally missed this like one comment, right? And it's funny. And, like I, I don't know, like every line in that thing is like so well. I don't know if they think it out that well, or how they're doing it, but like it's very well and they've like thought out everything. Yeah, never mind. I gotta. I haven't finished watching Billions. I gotta catch up on Billions. Yeah, Billions. Yes, also a good show. Well written as well, but not as well. Uh, any upgrades this week? I think you may have. Uh, so I have a little upgrade other than my uh, exercising. So I, I saw an interesting article about a, a store which called uh, Erewhon, which, yes. which yes. You know, apparently you're come familiar to, come with. To I, didn't think, I didn't think you guys were familiar with So I thought, ah, maybe I'll make this little podcast, little little site visit. And so Erewhon is, uh, you know, some people consider it a healthy food holy site <laughs> of some sort, especially in Los Angeles. Um 
you know, where they have like uh, the Whole Foods of Whole Foods, I guess, in some ways. It's and it's a uh, you know twenty one dollar smoothie superfoods and things like that. And so, uh, you know, you sell hundred fifty dollars you know sweatpants with their yes. logo on it. And so I thought, Did okay, really let me hundred fifty dollars. So I said, let me let me check this out. That's and so insane. let me try the try the twenty one dollar smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, so I went. And, and, and I took a little little field trip to Santa Monica, and so um, very nice store, very cool. I, I did buy some food. Food was very tasty. Yes, and uh, and, and, expensive. And, and expensive, and and I bought a bunch of snacks for the office too, as to share. And and uh, next day I knew I was very spending eighty dollars, eighty dollars <laughs> at the supermarket. You're lucky you got out there. Uh, yeah, that's but, but the smoothie, I, I, while it was very expensive smoothie. I have to say, it was there was something very um, light, light about it, and very yeah. it felt it did feel very like I was eating healthy food. So I might go back there and get that one day <laughs> if yeah. I'm in that area. Very so. good. Uh, my what about yourself? Yeah, so I, I watched Succession, and my upgrade was we took our first uh, first trip without both of our children, and like I think really ever. And so oh wow, <laughs> yeah, just just a couple, just a few so couples, relaxing and. Uh, very relaxing. Very odd to not have to like refreshed. Semi. I mean, uh, it, it was it was a very active trip to say the least. But I also would just there was this. It was active in ways that it used to be active before we had kids. It's like going out, going to dinners, going just taking a boat. We had to take a boat one day, but then there was just like this complete lack of like, oh, I have to wake up at this time to do this thing for this child. <laughs> <laughs> all of that was just take gone. Here, like, do the, yeah, all yeah. that scheduling, how scheduled scheduling, you food, this, that, equipment. I don't know. It's just it was, it was really charming. But then I was like, you know, yeah. By Sunday, I was like done. And then we we we, we like drove home from the airport, and we come and like we see both the kids just waiting at the at the They're gate. Waiting, They're waiting, eagerly, like eagerly just waiting. that. Very excited, waiting, very attached to their mom for like a full like probably still. So uh, it, I don't know. Were there it, any crazy stories? While you were gone, that the kids. No, <laughs> no. I think it was. I mean, as far as we know, we found a few dishes in random spots. But other than that, it seems okay. <laughs> I said, things are okay. Nothing's broken. I don't think. That's good. good so good, it was good. good. It was good. Well, folks, that does it for us this week. We'll get to the question next week. But uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. Please continue to subscribe to our little podcast as we hope to grow a little further. And you can always reach out to us at pod at goodlifehp.com. And David Fong, any final words for this? Be Probably safe. the last business week of the year, really. Uh, next week. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's true. Next week, Christmas Eve. Eve week, the yeah. New Year's Eve. you got Eve's coming up. Be, it's, 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 uh, be it's safe, everyone. Get vaccinated and get your booster. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you next week before Christmas. Thanks.